Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 93 with me and Tom, uh, just us catching up. We haven't done uh, an episode of just the two of us since, uh, uh, I believe, the end of October, I believe. So um, it was good to catch up from uh, the winter holidays, and uh, Tom went on a super cool vacation, uh, international travel. Uh, so we share some stories from that. Uh, we just catch up on what was going on with us over the holidays, and uh, we focused a lot of uh, the discussion on habits. And um, Tom's read a lot of books on it over the past year and just share some of his insights from that. So um, really cool stuff, some good tips as we're all trying to uh, integrate some New Year's resolutions into our lives. So um, hopefully that's helpful for a lot of folks and we'll have all the stuff we talk about in the show notes as per usual. But after this quick message, this will be episode number 93 with me and Tom. In anticipation of the upcoming launch of the College Guidebook first-year student of first-year success that comes from our friends at Swift Kick and our fearless leader, Tom Krugelstein. We're going to have quick interviews with Tom that go into the process of writing, editing, and publishing your own book. So these are going to go up to the launch of the book on March 29th, uh, and they're going to be really awesome, so I hope you enjoy. So I'm curious, Tom, of all the books that you could write, why did you write this book? Well, I, I assume you've been to a bunch of orientations, right? Oh, yeah, I've definitely been to a fair amount. Yeah. yeah, so at orientation, there's these talking heads, there's breakout sessions that share amazing, great information, but it still doesn't capture uh, some of the most important lessons that a student should know. And so what we wanted to do is compile a list of the 21 tips that every first-year student should know to become a first-year success. Great, yeah, I think a lot of people would definitely benefit from that. You can look forward to the launch of the upcoming book, First Year Student to First Year Success, coming out on March 29th. For more information, check out studentaffairscollective.org or swiftkickhq.com. Well, yeah, I, I don't think I've talked to you about like your vacation and stuff, like your like international travel. Like that was, like, it's, you know, I think everybody kind of lived vicariously through your uh, photos and stuff. But um, how was that? I feel like you were gone for like a pretty substantial amount of time. So like, how was that? It was a, it was a, a dedicated three week vacation to Patagonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the short answer, it was amazing in that it was all nature. Uh, however, it was hiking 10 to 15 miles a day and with a backpack so there were times when we would finish off the day and my my i think it's called the traps up on the shoulder the muscle up there mm-hmm. would just be pulsating because it would be so intense uh with with the walking that much uphill feeling uh, the, the the just the weight of the backpack but if i can share two quick stories that came out of it mm-hmm. if that's all right yeah uh, so uh, one was uh, we, the very first day was one of the, the most grueling hikes. It was kind of like straight uphill uh, to the top of this mountain, gorgeous view at the top. But uh, everyone, a lot of people on the trail, and uh, everyone had like their full Patagonia North Face gear. And But what we saw is that some people started dropping out the closer we got to the top and like feeling exhausted and everything. And we're, we're about two, three-fourths of the way at the top, and we, get, we walk up next to this, this guy, this old guy, um, who's wearing sandals and he's got a walking stick that 
he just like picked up for the forest and he had a backpack on with shorts and a tank top. And uh, I asked him how, like, how old he was. He happy German and I speak a little German. So I asked him and he was 75 years old and he's hiking up this mountain in sandals uh, while everyone else has all this amazing gear on. And so I wished him luck and we went to the top. And finally, like we were up at the top for a while and I didn't know if he was actually going to make it to the top, but he did. And then on the way down, he was, we saw him like as we were leaving, he had left earlier. And on the way down, we saw him again. And he was still just like it was step by step by step, just taking so much time in each step. But he made it. He made it to the top and he made it all the way down. And he became this uh, legend on the mountain, this old man sandals. Uh, <laughs> and, and But the lesson for me was that that sometimes the young gun who's got all the energy with all the amazing gear and knowledge isn't as powerful or as successful as the the person with the willpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's that that's what old man sandals taught me. <laughs> yeah, and just like the perseverance, even like sort of the you know the turtle kind of like slow and steady, like still made it, still finished the race, still got up there. Yeah, because some people be like, well, I gotta like go as fast as I can or like exert myself. It's like yeah, just like you can just go up. You could just like go up and kind of you know plod your way up there, and it's still. Yeah, and I would feel like it it would be just as much or yeah, even more of an accomplishment doing it in that regard, like where it's just like, yeah, I really kind of like pushed myself rather than like, oh, I did it in like a fraction of the time. It's like, well, did you even like enjoy it or like, you know, sort of soak it in and stuff. But um, yeah, that's cool. I have a photo. I have a photo of him Mm -hmm. uh, that I'll, I'll give, uh, we'll post in the show notes. Sure. Just so everyone like knows that old man sandals actually (laughs) exist. Yeah, so second story. At the end of the trip, we're in, we're in Buenos Aires flying home, and we just had a day or so in Buenos Aires. And one of the things my wife and I like to do is like find a, a veggie restaurant, local veggies. So we looked at TripAdvisor. We found a list, and one of the top ones was this pizza place, and it's a vegan, gluten-free pizza place. Now, gluten-free typically has never tasted good to me. And so I was like, but everyone's raving about it, saying it's the best place they've ever eaten. They're so excited. And I was like, all right, let's try it out. Mm-hmm. So we put on the map. Oh, but in the notes, it said, by the way, it's hard to find. So we put on the map where it was supposed to be, and we started walking in that direction. And we finally got to a spot where um, we we thought it was at, but there were no restaurants restaurants nearby and so I couldn't find it and we're looking at our map and we're standing on the corner looking at our map and a couple walks by who happens to be a couple from New York City in Buenos Aires and they saw that we were looking for something they're like can we help you and I said uh, yeah we're looking for this vegan pizza place and the lady's like oh yeah I've heard of this place and she's like I think she's like one day and she points like this this sort of like doorway this small little doorway and she points to it and she says I remember one day seeing this bike come out of this doorway with a little vegan, I heart vegan pizza on it. (laughs) And and I was like, maybe that's it because it's hard to find. And so the couple's like, well, we want to, we want to see this place too. And so we walk up to the door, we buzz it. A guy walks, uh, opens up the door with, without a shirt on and just these like short shorts. And he chats with us and says, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, we're and we look in and we could see it's a restaurant inside. Mm-hmm. And he says that they're they're um, they're a vegan community, like the whole building's all people who live and they're vegan. And, th- and they have a closed door restaurant down at the bottom. And we ate there um, and it was amazing pizza. It was 15 bucks all you can eat. Uh, and they just kept bringing pizza out. And the wine was like local wine, but it was only $8, but it was amazing wine. Uh, and, and so awesome experience, awesome food. And then afterwards, 
um, we only found out afterwards that closed door is really code word for illegal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't have like certifications or something. It's just like, oh, it's just my house. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that was that. Those are my two fun like moments from the trip. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, and like yeah, this like legendary pizza place. That I think it. I guess another sort of lesson, I guess, of just like, you know, some people would be intimidated or something by a place like that. You sort of like, like, no, let's like go try and find it and try and go through, you know, and it ended up being like a really good time sort of thing and sort of a getting out of your comfort zone sort of thing. It's a, you know, not, it can be a difficult thing, a little scary and uneasy and difficult maybe, but. Yeah. Let me throw throw out just like maybe a, like a, just a, a lesson from that for, for me was, was that my best stories and my best experiences happen when um, I'm willing to try something that's not my normal MO. Because mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, just in terms of like vacations too, that, um, yeah, I know, like, I, yeah, like, I, I enjoy going to like the same places where it's like, oh, I'm hitting up all the old spots I know I like, but you know, half the fun too is like checking out new things. And even if it's bad, like, it, you get a little like story out of it. If it was like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, like the, I don't know, something funny happened out of it or something like it could still be like a memorable, positive thing, even if it wasn't all that you hoped it would be. Yeah. 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 That's a, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. How uh, about you? Did you have any, anything over the holidays that were for you standout moments? Um, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Stand I mean, I, uh, went for like two weeks down to, uh, New Jersey where my partner's family is. And, uh, some of my friends from grad school and my brother lives in Delaware. So I went and spent a weekend with him. Um, I don't know, I guess. And that, uh, on that side of sort of like hitting up the, um, the beloved spots that I've been to before, like that sort of, uh, that was nice. And, um, I think it just reaffirmed for me the importance of sort of, like friendships and putting the energy in to kind of keep those connections alive. Cause uh, the people I went to grad school with in my cohort are people that I uh, kind of cherish. We shared in the same experience together for two years. And um, even though we're now all spread apart, uh, I uh, went on sort of a double date with somebody uh, that she still loves around that area. Um, and that was really great to see her. Um, and I've been just, just trying to like set up calls and kind of keep in touch with people that I haven't seen in a while. And, planning other trips and stuff. So um, that really just, I kind of filled me up that it's like, I've had a lot of friendships and relationships that uh, looking back, it's like, okay, it was kind of contextual. And I, I I get it that it's just like, oh, we worked together. Now we didn't work together anymore. And the relationship's gone or, um, you know, we were in class together and now we're not in class together anymore. So the relationship's gone. So now like, as an adult, I feel like some of my relationships, because I've put energy into it, have been maintained outside of their like initial context. And it's really nice to like keep in touch with people and see, um, you know, what's going well with them, what they're struggling with. And sometimes we're sharing just struggles of early adulthood and stuff. So um, that's been, I guess, uh, probably the most standout. I mean, there's sort of like subtle moments, but um, yeah. they're really nice for me. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, we, Annie's parents and my parents have been struggling with uh, just health issues as they get older. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like in the past three months, I've really uh, understood more than I ever have before what it means to be connected into uh, a community and, and how valuable having relationships that, that go back um, a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, how valuable those can be in the moments when we need them the most. Hmm. And so like, it's, it's just, it was a, 
it's a reminder for me that to to really cultivate that uh, the the communities and the relationships around me that that mean the most to me. Uh, and uh, Dun Rob Robin Robin Dunbar, I think. Did we talk about this before? Yeah, he's got like he talks about the the, the magic number of the Dunbar number, which is like one fifty. Um, that that's how many social connections each human can keep. Uh, however, it's not that we're connected equally to all 150. That's just the reach of what our brain, our capacity of social connections allows uh, to be able to stay somewhat in touch with the person. But it spans out. And at the core, it's us. They call it the ego. It's, it's ourselves. Like, do we have a relationship with ourselves? And then past that, it's five people that are like our inner core. Um, then it goes by multiples of three from there. So it's five, 15, 45, and then eventually up to 150 where, uh, that, that, uh, so who are the five, who are the five that you keep closest to you? And then what are we doing to cultivate those relationships, uh, Mm -hmm. to, to, to let them like, I've actually even, I haven't done it yet, but I actually want to write those five down and write those 15 down. Because really, those are five and fifteen. Those are probably like the most important ones that I need to cultivate um, for the emotional support. Now, that's different than associates and like managing business uh, and that kind of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, these are these are like your close friends, your close relationships. That when you're struggling and, and you're tired and frustrated, they're the ones that you can call up and have the laugh with, have the drink with, and really like. And they'll go deep and challenge you and push you. So it's interesting. I challenge everyone out there. Write down who your five are. Mm, that's a good. It's, so yeah, it's like for yeah, yeah. Actually, I feel like I want to do that now too. Because yeah, it's like those <laughs> people that you like. Yeah, even if you don't see them often, it could be you know that family member, that sibling that's like across the country. But yeah, like you said, it's like that's one of the one of the people that you call when you, know, you need to talk something through or just to celebrate a success or um, those sort of things. Like the, you keep those connections really live. And um, yeah, yeah, that is kind of interesting to think about. Because I think once you start to get more self-aware, yeah, you're going to be like, yeah, I need Because that's what I've started to um, realize in a certain sense. I think the people that are sort of the, the five and the 15 are people from my cohort and friends that I've made sort of just outside of any context that are just like good friends that um i want to make sure that i keep in touch with and we don't lose that because they are important to me sort of thing so um yeah i mean just like a a relationship or partner or spouse like that sort of takes effort and energy like friendships and and family members the relationships we have with them like they they take effort too in in a different way but sort of similar i guess but um yeah. So just to add just one bit of flavor to that is that uh, the book does say that the five, your inner, any of those numbers, the 150, um, can be uh, uh, spiritual beings as well as uh, inanimate or inanimate objects or even uh, uh, pets. Because some people truly, like, they confide in their dog. Right. And that's, that's their life. Um, and that. The, the book acknowledges and Dunbar, Robin Dunbar acknowledges that that could be one of your strongest relationships, which is interesting to me. Like, I love my cats, but I don't know. They don't, I would, no, I don't think they'd fit in my thighs. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's like, uh, well, I guess now my brain just went on a geeky tangent because it's like, um, 
you know, being like, well, like R2-D2 is one of my five. Like I talk, you know, things through with it. So like, and I guess they understand what R2-D2 is saying in that universe, but it's the idea that they just like talk at something and they're like, man, what should I do? And they just like look at them and just like, man, don't look at me like that. And then it's like, they sort of have some sort of dialogue of let's just like, like, what, you know, maybe I should talk to them and then just look at it. So it's like, yeah, maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe I should just like call it like, and just this whole like dialogue that happens with like basically an inanimate object. But I guess in the Star Wars universe, they understand what R2 saying but yeah that's it I mean that's that's a valid thing though yeah I mean people have sort of like a, a, a trinket or a token or yeah like the, the rituals that they go through to like sort of have a communion with like a more spiritual uh, confidant and that kind of thing so yeah I mean certainly certainly some people on this podcast would probably put Jesus or um, uh, uh, the prophet Muhammad or you know like someone in that realm mm-hmm. into their their top uh, into their top five and that that's fair that's valid um, the, the, it's it's what what who who in your life who or what means the most to you and what are we doing then to consciously cultivate that relationship? Yeah, um, yeah, and I guess that uh, and then just sort of categorizing it ahead. I guess it's like that that would sort of be like the like a manifestation, like a personification of like your conscience or something. Like, I, so I guess it helps with that sort of like because I do sort of like self talk and not just like sort things out in my head, but it doesn't like. You know, it does, it does not put upon like a figure or anything like that. So yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. well, definitely. I, I don't know if we linked out to the book or any uh, website and stuff for uh, this concept yep. before, but we'll. Yeah, I'll send you the book. It's uh, it, it, we'll make sure to link it. It's called Thinking Big. Mm, cool. All right. It's a thick. It's a thick anthropological book. Um, but if you, but if if like you want to understand why we are who we are today because of our. Uh, anthropological history uh, it's 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 fascinating and I, I happen to love that kind of stuff and so for me it's I just absorbed it mm-hmm. um, well this makes it's a segue just uh, one of the other things that um, sort of just on our minds that we uh, wanted to talk about for this episode um, because I think like all those connections an idea that would be sort of an actionable thing would be um, like habits, like getting into the habit of keeping in touch and yeah. those sort of things. So uh, I know you mentioned, um, I'm not sure how, how recently you may have like read any, any books on it. Um, and I've watched some like Ted talks and read some blog posts on it and stuff. So it's certainly an interest of mine as well, but, um, what's sort of on your mind right now concerning like habits and like making them, keeping them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, it, it totally relates. Um, so like the segue there is, so what am I doing to cultivate the, my relationship with those five people that are in my inner circle. Um, and so a question, so I, I, I'm going to get to that, but I'm going to back up to the beginning um, because I, I, I don't know, for some reason I just read a ton on habits last year and really dug into it. Uh, and, and where it came from was just a, a, I think it was like one quote from someone that was like, you are your habits. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, well, I don't understand habits. So um, I want to better myself. So, what are habits? And it's it's really interesting. So, it, like, the brain makes up roughly about fifteen percent of the body weight of your body, but yet uses up roughly about fifty percent of the energy of your body at any given moment. So, from an evolutionary perspective, the brain is a massive waste of energy, <laughs> <laughs> for, like per ounce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so. So what it's constantly trying to do to conserve energy is shut down as quickly as possible. That's why the brain loves to compartmentalize things, label things, um, uh, have answers to things, um, and, and systematize things. 
because that those are all ways for the brain to say boo and like shut down like a computer mm -hmm. and then let the unconscious brain work and just like churn away and use way less energy than what it normally would have to do to try and figure something out. Okay, so, so we got that. So then what that means is that our brain is constantly um, trying to create habits or traditions or um, repeating patterns in our lives so that we keep doing the same thing so we do, the brain doesn't have to think about it. And that's why when we wake up, which pant leg did you put on first? Did you brush your teeth first or did you take a drink of water? Did you, did you walk to work or not walk to work? Did you, um, do you kiss your, your partner in the morning or not? You're like All those kind of questions, most of the time we don't even think about them, but they just, the brain just does it because that's just the habit we have. So then it's like, okay, so our, our, we are our habits. Um, so how do you create new habits? Well, the answer is it's really difficult <laughs> because the energy to create, the inertia energy it takes to just get a new action happening in our lives is, is like, I don't know the number, but just it's a lot. Similar, the, equation, the, the, the uh, analogy would be trying to get an airplane off the ground. The amount of energy of fuel it takes just to get it off the ground is massive. Once it's in the air and it's an autopilot, it's a lot easier. Uh, there's a lot less fuel used uh, per moment versus when it's trying to get off the ground. So trying to get that new habit started, it, it takes the inertia energy that takes a massive amount of energy. And the number, like how many days you have to do the, the action before it becomes a habit, it's like people, some people say 30, 60, 90, all the way up to 120. Um, it, it, it varies uh, from, from the, the numbers that are out there and depending on what research you look at. But let's just say somewhere in like the six week range. Um, so I need to, I know if I want to create a new habit because I am my habits, I have to set up a way to be able to get myself to that habit. And if I know that the initial energy, the inertia energy is what takes the most amount, then what I want to do to create that action on a daily basis is reduce the amount of initial energy it takes, the inertia energy, for me to do that action so that I stick with it for six weeks, so that it becomes a habit and uses less energy so that my brain does it unconsciously and, and the end result, I do it and I don't have to put as much energy into it. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you with me? I'm still with you, yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> so, to be able to reduce the energy, some examples are uh, wear your gym clothes to bed. Another example is lay the yoga mat out on the floor before you go to bed. Pick out your outfit the night before. Um, uh, Oh, and, and so like three examples there, how you reduce the energy. Um, and then, an, or another example is integrate it into your already consisting habits. A friend of mine was pregnant and she said, I still want to work out. So what I, and I had to go to the bathroom all the time because I was pregnant. I just had to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And so she said, every time I went to the bathroom, I did five squats. So we have this habit of going to the bathroom. So attach this new habit to something you already have to do, and it reduces that initial inertia energy to say, oh, I'll get up and do the five squats. Because you're already going to the bathroom, so that's the action. So now you just make yourself do squats when you're in the bathroom. Last thing on creating habits. Uh, I have two more things, and, and, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So <laughs> one, is, one is that... Uh, and this is the book that I recently read, and I'll, I'll pull up the names and, and we'll put in the show notes, uh, is that our environment has a much larger impact 
on our ability to create good habits or reduce bad habits than we realize. Mm. And so the challenge then is looking in our environment, whether it's at home or at work, and looking around and seeing what are the triggers that are there that support us or hurt us. And those triggers can be, um, do you buy the candy and leave it out on the counter versus put it into the cupboard? Uh, does your spouse support you in doing X, Y, and Z action? Uh, do you have animals that, buy, that need to go out or do whatever and cause you to be distracted from the moment? Our environment has a large uh, 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 ability to pull us towards the habits we want or take us away from that, or increase the bad or decrease the good or vice versa. Right. Um, so pay attention to the, the environment that's around you and set up the environment in a way that supports you to have good habits that you want and reduce bad habits. If you don't want to eat the candy, don't buy the candy. Because once we know we're in there, we're not going to, once it's sitting on the table, it's now much easier to eat it. But if it's at the store and we haven't bought it yet, the inertia energy to go to the store and buy the candy is, is more than we're willing to give ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, last thing. So on actions, daily actions, is uh, this is a trick from the same book that talked about environment, and I'll pull this up for, the, for everyone, uh, is that he calls them action questions. And what he does is at the end of every day, well, so here are the six things I want to do, do in my life right now. I don't know, whatever those are. Let's just say uh, lose 15 pounds as an example. Um, so at the end of the day, um, and to lose six to 15 pounds, that's the goal. So what are the actions? I'm going to work out and I'm going to eat healthy uh, and, and, define, and you get to define what those are. So then at the end of the day, he asks himself the question, did I do my best to eat healthy today? And then did I do my best to work out for 30 minutes today? Whatever it might be. And then he grades himself one to 10. He actually hired someone to call him at the end of every day and ask him his six active questions and define whether and give a one to 10 rating. And then the person would send it back to him so that he could see how he's doing today and every other day prior. And the reason is we just have to constantly remind ourselves of what our actions are by asking the active question, did I do my best? Mm -hmm. So did I do my best today to be the best husband I, or to be a great husband? Did I do my best to be a great uh, father? Uh, whatever it might be uh, for you. So there you go. That's it. That's, that's habits in a nutshell. Yeah, go. That's, yeah, it's a lot of good stuff. And I think just because um, uh, the thing that kind of started me on this sort of like starting and stopping different habits and stuff was the, um, like you said, there's sort of different uh lines of thinking of like how much time it takes. But I, there's a, a TEDx talk that's been around for a while. That's about like, it's like 30 days to uh, start or stop a habit. So um, that inspired me to do like 30 day challenges with, uh, just for myself and with my partner sometimes too, that we would like do things in solidarity with each other. And then um, I think just subconsciously, I'm, I've, I've done some of the things that you said. So like, I'm curious, any examples of things that uh, you've done to sort of like life hack, you know, forming uh, habits and stuff. But um so a lot of mine that I've done and really integrated and they're kind of just, they're locked in are um, things with my diet of like what I drink and what I eat. Um, and it really is, it, you make the um, the things that you want to start doing easier for yourself. Like you said, you sort of like kind of yeah. grease the pipeline a little bit. And then the things that you want to stop doing, you make that more difficult. So I wanted yes. to stop eating and drinking like soda and chips and candy and all that. So like, like you said, like I just don't keep it in the house. I don't deprive myself of it. I might have it every once in a while, but 
you know, yeah. the time that I'm in my, my home, it's not there. So if I am having a craving, it's like, well, I don't want to have to go all the way somewhere else to go get it. So, um, that's helped a lot and sort of like saying, you know, yeah, I'm saying sometimes it's like as simple as just taking the candy bowl off your desk and putting it onto the side table. Mm-hmm. Like that's because now you have to get up to go eat that candy versus <laughs> before you just put your arm out. So you're, you're increasing the inertia, the energy it takes for you to do that action. Yep. And that, that six seconds, nine seconds, whatever it is of, of, of forcing your brain to become conscious and then all of a sudden because it's conscious, it then has to think about it and then you're like, oh, right, because I don't, did I do my best to, to eat healthy today by not eating as much candy? It's over there. I'm going to hold off this time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, even like, yeah, just that simple, like, like move it like, yeah, like 20 feet away. Like, yeah, because like I'm just looking at my office right now, like I could move something from my desk to just another table in my office and it'd be like, <laughs> like, well, I wanted to get up all the way over there, even though it's like <laughs> yeah, a very, very short distance. But um so yeah, so I've done a lot of stuff like that just with like uh, drinking less soda, eating less sort of like kind of greasy snack food sort of thing and like candy and um, yeah. trying to eat more vegetables, less red meat and those sort of things. So that's been successful for me. But then also I like the way that you kind of categorize it. And I guess that sort of kudos to that uh, book and stuff too, of sort of like the inertia. Cause I think that term really captures it too. Cause I've doing all these little things has like overall, I think improved my inertia to sort of like keep changing things like it sort of gives me confidence of like oh okay yeah i can make a change like i can't if i want to do any you know xyz sort of habit changing thing i have the confidence that i can do it because i have already done it with all these other things um yeah so i think that that, that that's helpful yeah yeah having small wins talks like that's another thing is is focus on being able to have small wins because there's there's momentum in success uh david ramsey uh the big financial guru uh, one of his big things is don't pay off the highest, um, don't necessarily pay off, pay off your highest interest rate credit card first. He says instead focus on the one with the lowest balance, pay that off because there's, iner- there's, there's, uh, there's momentum in completion. Mm-hmm. And so he says find the win, find the, the little win along the way so that you keep the momentum going. Yeah, that's a good Which point. Yeah, I, I, I share with uh, when I was home for the holidays, my mom, uh, bless her, she she did a podcast here, uh, and she's an amazing woman. Uh, her, I don't want to call it a fault, but her one uh, uh, thing when I go home that that really like I wish I could switch is that she buys everything that's peanut butter, caramel, and chocolate and puts it in the house, and so it's just sitting there, all of it, everything from Trader Joe's is just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, like it's easier to do. So now all of a sudden from my place where we don't have any of that to her place where it's all sitting there and it's easy to access, I want to eat it, eat it, eat it. And I know I don't want, like I know that's not me doing my best to stay healthy. So what I do, did this last time to trick myself, to force myself to have that like extra nine seconds is as soon as I was done eating, I would chew gum. And as long as I was chewing gum, it was, a, it was that nine seconds of like, oh, I'd have to throw my gum out and then I'd eat the chocolate. It probably wouldn't taste as good because I have that like gum taste in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And like that short little moment there allowed me to eat uh, way less sweets than I normally would when I'm, when I'm home. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, the the habit, the focused habit that I wanted to do, and it's just sort of all these little tricks that I just want to sort of continue to highlight. And um, I, 
have tried to integrate the habit of always using my reusable water bottle and reusable coffee cups and stuff. So the trick is like, like, well, you're not going to be able to like have any of those things unless you bring the cups with you, unless you have those, unless you do things. So it's like, you know, I'd be like mumbling and grumbling like, oh, damn, I wish I brought my, you know, my cup yeah. with me because I want some coffee. But it's like, I can't because I don't want to, you know, have the have the waste and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's sort of like, I get, yeah, it's like punishing you if you don't do what you're supposed to do sort of thing. Or, yeah, like even just little gaps to make it uh, a little bit more difficult to. Uh, have those indulgences and stuff. And I, I feel like just another thing is also just not feeling like you're depriving yourself either. Is that like, it's not as if it's like, well, I can't have yeah. candy ever again. It's like, well, no, I have it sometimes, but just make it so that it's like, it's the exception rather than the rule now, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Um, so, and what, what other like habits have you kind of like started and stopped just to kind of give some examples for people of how we've maybe figured that out? I, for a long time, uh, I've been doing a combination of, of yoga I've been aiming for a hundred push-ups for a while now, mm-hmm. uh, and also learn Spanish on Duolingo. Like those are kind of the three in my mind. I, one is doing yoga thirty minutes a day, uh, six times a week. Oh, and I'd say ten thousand steps. That's the fourth one. So walking ten thousand steps, mm-hmm. which is surprisingly a lot of steps. <laughs> like every time I, I I walk to and from work here in New York, and it's a good. Now it's now because we switch places. It's like a mile. Um, I'm almost a mile and, uh, at point, uh, 1.9 miles. Mm-hmm. So almost two miles. And even the four miles that it is back and forth still doesn't fully equal 10,000 steps. I'm like, that's a lot. That, <laughs> yeah. That's surprising. <laughs> yeah. I, and so it's just, it, it's just short of it, but still the fact that I can't even do that with that amount of steps is, is tricky. Cause it seems like maybe my step meters off. Maybe that's it. Or just that's take big it. steps or something. I don't, know. Yeah, just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Just like take a lot of little short steps or something. Just like shuffle across the, you know, the two miles or something. But yeah, um, yeah. hundred pushups, uh, it comes and goes. Uh, it's, it's partly, yeah, it's like that one's a trickier one for me. I used to be really good at it and then it faded away because I just ran out of time in the morning. I tried to do the 30 minutes of yoga and then I would do the push-ups, um, and then I'd do meditation, and then I would try and get to work. And it was just like I felt myself waking up earlier and earlier. And I know how important sleep is, and so I want to get my sleep. But it's uh, something had to give, and the push-ups right now is the one that that gave. Mm, yeah. I would add though that that's actually a really important point though, because in the in, in one of the books it did talk about that um, it's 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 important to not try and do too many new habits. Because it takes so much energy to get one action into a habit that it's better to focus on one or two and then do those and then that's it. And say you'll eventually get to the other ones, but until these are truly a habit in my life, I'm not even going to worry about the other ones because trying to do too many is it's just too much willpower. It's, it just consumes too much willpower um, for the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I, yeah, I think people do try to, especially when they're trying to get healthy, they'll try and do too much at once. And I feel like it sort of the house of cards kind of falls in on itself if you're you know, trying to change too many habits at once. But um, yeah, yeah, um, that concept of willpower comes up too several times. That it's that it, it's a it's a tank. It's a it's a gas tank that depletes throughout the day, and it needs to be refueled. So don't try and make your decisions when you know your willpower is empty. Uh, and, and instead fill it back up. And then when you feel your willpower at its strongest, do the actions because that's when you'll have the most strength to actually get it done. 
or yeah. do the actions you want towards those habits. Nice. Yeah, good stuff here. I feel, especially uh, this being an earlier episode in the new year. Uh, I think it'll be helpful yeah. for people as they uh, work towards different resolutions and stuff. So, um, and then obviously just good all year long, you know, like just for me, how I've categorized it with like the 30 days thing. It's just a, it's a nice way to sort of uh, frame certain months of like, you know, starting or stopping something for 30 days. And um, yeah, I can just have a big impact. Like, like I, the different habits that I've done, I've, you know, persisted with them and even just doing things, like I said, for the short time, little confidence boost, little, you know, pick me up and stuff. So, um, so uh, I guess just transitioning uh, sort of from that, uh, sort of new year, new habits and all that, uh, it's new year, uh, new stuff coming, uh, for student affairs collective. Uh, just wanted to tease out some things for people, um, to get excited about. So, um, I know we have a couple things in the works and if you want to just, uh, hop on and kind of, uh, the different hop on the different things and highlight them, uh, for folks just to get interested about. Yeah. Uh, so everyone, I mean, most people should know, and if you don't, uh, you should know now, is that the, the bookstore with the Student Affairs Collective, we, as of last year, um, I think we added, it was our sixth book to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're about to, yeah, the sixth book, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, five. And then we have two that were written by the community. Uh, and the trust your journey is the latest one. It's it's how and when to move for your your student affairs career. Uh, so those exciting like we just love the fact that people keep getting these books and whether it's on Amazon or Kindle or in print or the PDF on the site. Uh, that's the bookstore. But we're launching. What's exciting is we're launching another one, and it should come out in about a month and a half or so. A month. It's uh, on assessment. And uh, it's a topic that I know so many student affairs people have to deal with. So um, I'm, I, I've read through the, every, the content in the book and the posts that are going to be in the book. And uh, it's just great content. And I know it's going to provide some real value to people who are uh, either want to up their game with assessment or uh, are brand new to it and trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that's in the works. Yeah, that's an exciting. I, I, mean, I think that's it makes for a great book. Just a lot of good, probably kind of functional, actionable stuff uh, uh, for people to get on with the assessment, which is a continually important topic. So definitely look forward for uh, for that coming out. But um, yeah, what what other things uh, can people get excited about coming down the pipeline? Yeah, then I would say the the other big like really exciting thing happening is we have an online training that's going to uh, happen February uh, February eighteenth. And it's uh, it's how to communicate with crappy people. <laughs> it just it came from a place of of uh, working with so many uh, student affairs departments and seeing uh, that there was one person on the team or in the department that would just derail the the meeting, the conversation, the energy. And so we want to help uh, we want to help neutralize those people on your team so you can get your team back on track. Uh, and it's uh, it's going to be February eighteenth. There is a landing page, which we'll put in the show notes. But um, I, 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 I want to give a, a, a special to the podcast listeners because I know not everyone in our community listens to the podcast. So those of you who do, uh, Dust and I are just fully appreciative of, of every time you download one of these and listen to it. And so as, a, as sort of a, a gift back to all of you, uh, I, uh, here's a code, a coupon code. If you put this in at the checkout, you'll get 40% off your seat in the podcast. And so the code is uh, all one word. It's podcast40off. 
So podcast, the number 40, and then OFF. And that will give you 40% off. So I hope uh, to see several of you from the podcast uh, in on the webinar because it's, uh, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, we got some great content uh, building up for it, and uh, uh, I can't wait to share it with the community. Yeah, and it's awesome. Definitely uh, encourage folks to take advantage of that promo code just to, um, yeah, just get a further, like the value that you will get from it, like just, you know, with the, the promo code, that'll, that'll be really be uh, awesome. Just because I know uh, from my experience, it's, uh, and, I, and I hate to say this, but just kind of like those people who are like the dead weight and they just, they, they kind of bring everything down. So it's just getting those skills and tricks and tips and all that kind of stuff to uh, help out sort of bringing those people up. And so the whole team, the whole office and department can uh, do better work for students. So, um, definitely great stuff. And uh, yeah, people can check out more information about it uh, down in the show notes. We'll have the link to the landing page. And um, yeah, is there anything else uh, that we're missing? I don't know if there's anything else that we wanted to highlight or just uh, anything else going on that you want to showcase? Uh I don't. I don't have anything else in my my world. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the new year. I can't believe it's 2016, which means that the class coming in in fall is the class of 2020. Yes, <laughs> which is which is gonna which is gonna be amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because we talked about it with like you know 2020 and all the puns that uh, I really hope that everyone just goes wild with, you know, just go, you know, 2020 vision, you know, seeing is believing and just anything vision glasses related, just uh, opportunities are endless. Yeah. I I really hope that uh, I'm a big fan of puns, big advocate for puns. Uh, I hope people uh, really, really embrace them with this new uh, class and, um, yeah, and yeah, just 2016 and 20, like just any time that like a time frame is referenced, like, I think now any like 2020 something, you know, like I can't, it just feels just wild that that is a time period. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, like all things considered, I guess, and all things being normal, like I will exist in that time. Like I think just each time the new year comes, it is just like, like, okay, all right, 2016, we're here. This is where we are now. Uh, Yeah. It's it's wild. 2020. Yeah, I remember a while ago we did a, a whole episode on like future. What's the what's the future? Right. We are here. Yeah, we are in it. We are experiencing it. We got self driving cars and uh, just and then I I've been like I don't know if you have one, but talking about those like the steps and I don't know how self driving car. No, not yet. <laughs> you have the prototype. Yeah, you have this. Yeah. Um, well, now do you have like a Fitbit or any tracker? I don't know how you keep track of your stuff because that's like, like that's sort of a future thing, like wearables to like get like health metrics and stuff. I've, I've been thinking about getting some sort of like, you know, Fitbit type thing. Um, but I don't know. I, I want it to be like a more multifunction device than just a, you know, a pedometer or whatever. I don't, do, you, do you have, how do you track all that kind of stuff or do, do you really track it? Yeah, it's funny. On my Kindle, I read with the with the the version one Kindle because I don't want anything else on it mm-hmm. but to read books because I get distracted. But when it comes to like tracking and wearables and stuff, I looked at them and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to take this off and charge it every five days, um, or it's gonna have to sync somehow. So I didn't want to have another thing that was just dedicated to that. So I I run it through my phone and I use an app called Pacer. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's an it's an Android and an iPhone app, and uh, you can actually uh, uh, you can actually compete against people. And so, uh, if anyone 
if anyone happens to sign up for it, can I can I share my my Pacer ID and then I would love to compete with the SAC community if anyone wants to jump yeah, in. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so the Pacer ID is R seven zero zero one two three zero r seven zero zero one two three zero if you are a pacer user or you happen to sign up for it after this it's free so it's not like there's anything you have to sign up for but uh if you happen to i would love to set up a, maybe like a student affairs pacer group and uh and we can uh have a little competition yeah nice yeah i just gotta no no i just gotta kind of stop being wishy-washy on like getting one of those things just because I, I would love to know like yeah like how many steps do i take on like a normal day and then trying to like up it and just having any sort of uh sort of health metric information would be would be cool to sort of monitor and stuff but um i don't know i, I i'm getting in that like i'd want something to be more than like a, a single function device and um but then like an apple watch or something just feels like it's not quite there like i'm not i've never really been an early adopter so i'd want you know, sort of a more refined and uh, sort of improved experience. Like I sort of catch things on the, I don't know, towards the peak, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> typically, yeah, but, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we'll share that code for Pacer um, and all the other stuff that we talked about for this episode. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, just other, I mean, 2016 stuff that we would be, uh, this episode will post, I think it'll be the, the third one of uh, the new year for season three, uh, but we'll be back uh you know, regular weekly episodes, uh, you know, we'll just keep up with uh, the usual routine. But um, yeah, I can think of anything else that's uh, going on with uh, this or anything else to mention. So um, if you are good, I think we will end it here. And I appreciate you uh, making time and uh, busy. I'm sure you're busy catching up and everything and uh, just getting the year off to a good start. So I appreciate you uh, making time. It's always good to catch up with you. Yeah, always great to catch up, uh, Dustin. And uh, I know I speak from from my point, but I'm gonna. I, I know I echo a lot of what the community uh, says to me too. Uh, I'm really appreciative of of the podcast and the, the interviews that you've done uh, with so many people last year, uh, and excited to see where you're going to continue a lot of these interviews for this year. Yes, thank you for that appreciation. Yeah, I'm excited. We got uh, some good stuff lined up, and I know. Uh, more great things that I don't even know about yet, like different uh, topics and people that will just come to me later. So, um, yeah, I'm really uh, stoked to get, get this going and have a whole nother full year of uh, great podcasts. So everyone can look forward to that. But, um, I guess with that, we will, uh, sign off and I will uh, talk to you later, Tom. All right. See you, Dustin. Right, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.